0: Welcome to Inspiration, Influence and Impact the podcast with your host, Karen Caswell. Listen as guests from all walks of life share where they have found inspiration, who has influenced them in their lives and what impact they hope to have on the lives of others. These stories not only connect and empower us, but inspire, influence and impact those around us often more than we'll ever know. We acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and all Indigenous peoples of the world as the traditional owners and custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, sky and culture. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. welcome to inspiration influence and impact the podcast this episode's guest is a culture and well-being advocate who is determined to change the way we view well-being both in and out of the workplace as a past educator who has suffered professional burnout and fatigue she has a specific focus on changing the way we view well-being in schools i'm pleased to welcome amy green to the podcast hi amy thanks for joining me hi thanks for having me All right. Interested to hear a little bit about your journey and your work. So we'll get straight into it. For listeners who may not be familiar with your imprint on the world yet, please share a bit about your current context. So your location, current work, your passions, mission and or vision.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm located in Brisbane. Newly, I was um, in Canberra for quite a long time and have only moved here about 12 months ago, but I work everywhere um, internationally as well because online allows you to do that, which is wonderful. And I I have a, a business built, well, it's called the Wellness Strategy and you can find me on all types of socials, but really it's about coming back to what's important for our own well-being so that we can thrive if you're a teacher, both in and out of the classroom. I think that's the most important thing. And so my mission really is about, bringing these real conversations into schools or workplaces around what does well-being look like for us if we're to thrive if you know if we use that word and we use it often if we're to really thrive what does that look like individually and collectively and then how do we individually look after ourselves and do what we need but then also at a system level or a school level how do we approach this in a way that's actually really supportive of our teachers and our staff and not just reactive or low level in terms of putting a fruit bowl on the table or having a meeting free week how do we really flip this whole well-being um I guess emphasis that we're seeing at the moment into strategy productivity and engagement so that We're really looking at, well, what impacts workload for teachers and how do we better use our systems, our processes and our strategies in schools to support teachers in this space? So that's really my big mission in a school environment. And I know that, yes, there are system-wide things that we need to change, but I just believe we can't sit around and wait for that to happen. We've got to start proactively looking at these things ourselves. And then also at an individual level, I mentor and I coach and I run online programs For teachers and educators and people who are really looking to know what it means to come back to self and to harness and find their own well-being and wellness strategies so that they can have a life both in and out of the classroom or in and out of the workplace. Not necessarily excluding one from the other, but just better managing our energy and function, our resilience and our emotional regulation so that we can really optimize all areas and aspects of our day. Mm. So that's my
0: huge mission and that's what I'm here to have impact on. <laughs> <laughs> it's um like, as you say, there's sort of those two aspects um to the, to the well-being focus, I suppose. And for so long, it has been put back on us, the teachers or the staff, yeah. to make sure you look after your well-being. There's, you know, you m- might often get messages in an email or the staff newsletter or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, you know, make sure you take time this weekend, you know, and look after your well-being. I guess there is that you need to know, well, how do I, how do, I do that as, as an educator? How do I prioritize? Um, because we do tend to give our all. Mm-hmm. But as you say, it is more than just putting it back on us. Um, yeah. A lot of the things that impact our well-being are, I guess, out of our control in, in within the system. So it is mm-hmm. trying to find the balance between saying, okay, well, will look after your own well-being, but we're going to do this to support you. With it, absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Think because of, I guess, teachers are by nature are the giving, nurturing, yeah. caring, um, and we do tend to put other people, whether it be our students, our colleagues, our families, um, ahead of mm-hmm. ourselves, and that's where we can get into trouble, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and and you're right. It's all well and good to say look after your own well-being or self-care Sunday and throw out yeah. those phrases, but. We don't actually get the benefits of that if two, our workplace is contributing to our poor well-being state or our poor mental health state. And there's that's why I, I talk a lot about and encourage individual and collective responsibility. I mean, yes, we play a role in our own well-being. We need to make sure we look after our sleep and the foods that we eat, the conversations we have where we spend our energy, what we do with our spare time, how much water we drink, exercise. Like there's so many variables that contribute to our everyday wellbeing. But then also at a school level and a workplace level, we have to look at what are the expectations we have on staff? You know, Are the systems we have in place actually supporting and empowering teachers to have better mental health and wellbeing or are they impacting that? You know, if if we are expecting staff to assess and mark and input that data all in the same week, that's not supportive of well-being at all Mm. that's just creating a stressful environment and so part of it is looking at well how do we expect teachers to do their daily job or term or whatever those benchmarks and things are that we have in place and are we doing them that way just because we always have or we think we need to without actually considering well-being at all or are we going this perhaps isn't the best way so let's Mm. mix it up
0: if all we had to do in our day was teach (laughs) Oh. yeah uh, we <laughs> there wouldn't be so many teachers burnt out stressed with anxiety um it is all those added things that someone deems quite a vital or essential to our role and it's yeah it is i suppose that examining are they really what purpose do they have Absolutely. and then the timelines that you're providing people to do yeah. those there's such a huge focus on student well-being making sure we support their well-being I feel like staff and teachers are expected to support student wellbeing, which then contributes to, I guess, depleting ourselves Mm. without it then turning around and saying, okay, well, how are we going to support our staff? Because when we support our staff and our teachers, the flow on is the benefit to our students. Absolutely, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So where have you found inspiration and what impact has it had?
1: I suppose part of the the inspiration, well, it comes from two areas. First of all, I was a teacher and a school leader for about 16 years and I love teaching. I often get asked, you know, did you leave the profession because you burnt out? And my answer is absolutely no. I I love it. I love being in classrooms with kids. I still do the odd relief day because I just really enjoy it. And I, you know, teaching is my passion and it's where Mm -hmm. I really feel like this work is great. And I don't feel like it's a profession, you know, I would encourage people to go and do teaching, but of course, just know what it's like. Um, I think we need to celebrate what the profession that it is and how great it is. But back in probably 2014, it was when I was in a leadership role and I was mentoring some beginning teachers and even experienced teachers at this point in time, I found people were coming to me asking, you know, how did I make it look so easy? And at first I kind of thought, well, that's nice because I I wasn't stressed. I I loved the job. I, I was able to get things done and still have a life both in both in another classroom. And I guess on the outside it might have looked easy. But what I someone asked me in that moment was like, Can you just like hack hack how you do the job? Can you share that? And so that was a real um, inspirational piece when people started coming to me saying how do you do it how do you do it and so from there I went and studied human behavior and learned more about how we think how we operate how we make decisions I started to hack my own um, my own decision making my own strategies my own systems and from there I really learned that I just did things systematically and differently and thought about things uh, in a way that maybe some weren't and there were some real hidden gems in there that I could start to share with people and so the inspiration actually came out of people asking for help. And that was the first step really early on in business. I ran the teacher's coach and I used to coach teachers and help them on things like time management and productivity um, and their own well-being. And then another key piece of inspiration is actually my own journey. So I did go through a period of burnout and occupational stress, but that wasn't because of one event or one school. Like I've started to really look into that a little bit further and that actually for me was definitely about living out of alignment with my values and doing things because I thought I should or trying to climb the career ladder or losing sight of, well, actually never knowing what I really wanted and what was important to me, uh, even things around my own physical well-being, like just exercising all of the time and you know counting calories and doing all of those things that we do and having this really high performance Attitude in my workplace and my home life. And it was an uh, accumulation of things that actually made me in my like I, where I found myself in my GP's office saying, I'm just so tired, help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was another key moment. I thought, wow, the you know, this this whole, even though we might feel and look okay on the outside and people perceive that, there's just so many hidden layers here. And so That's another thing that's had impact on me because from there I went and I mean, I was previously, but just in a different light. I've done multiple personal development and self-development courses, spiritual studies, had coaches myself. And so I really learned that the help that I actively sought out, even when I wasn't like even pre burnout, but just always doing that work the people that I connected with there were such inspirations to me because it was just about helping and making people and the world better. And I thought, don't teachers deserve that too? Like, Mm. where is the help for our teachers? Not because we're falling apart, but because we need it. Mm. And so I started this work way back in 2014. And, you know, I had people tell me, don't do it. It's not worth it. Schools will never prioritize it. There'll never be the money for it. Teacher well-being isn't a thing. Just be a principal, you know, stay where you're good, like with what you're good at, stay in your lane. You'll fail. It won't work. You should just give up. And I just knew that this work was needed. And I watched other people around me in different industries kind of pave the way and help people with their own professional and personal development. And I thought, we need this. We need this Mm. so much. And so I just kept going. Mm.
0: There's a lot of, I think, especially young teachers, but even experienced teachers, as you say, who I guess we've always done what we've always done. Um, and then every, sometimes you just reach a point and you're like, oh, I just don't know how I can keep doing this anymore. I do feel there is so many more teachers now burning out than probably what they ever used to be. And I mean, it, I, yeah, I know it's workload and impact of workload. I also do think I wonder if it's, we now um, look at mental health. We're a lot more aware of mental health. We don't tend to just sort of brush those things Mm -hmm. under the carpet anymore. Um, So people are prepared to go and to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Whereas before we probably thought, oh, I better not, you know, people might think X, Y, Z. Absolutely. um, The stigma around that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The stigma around mental health. And then also, I think we've moved past that we just have to do the job and do all of the things. Mm. Um, We're definitely moving into a space of my life matters just as much as Mm. my work, or if not more. Mm. And so we're not, for lack of a a better expression, I suppose, just going to keep pushing on and doing it and sucking it up. Like Mm. those times have gone. And I think, yes, it's about recognising that mental health Everyone deserves to have flourishing mental health. You don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom or burnout and or just because someone has it worse than you doesn't mean you can't ask for help. I think we're normalizing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And then also, the expectation that you'll just keep doing, doing, and doing is really shifting.
0: Mm. And, it, you know, it's probably past time <laughs> that's needed.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: I went through a similar phase in my career. I I probably wouldn't call what I was going through burnout. I think I was more disillusioned with the whole job, uh, everything that was going on. So similar thing, I wasn't living my values. I felt that a lot of the things I was being asked to do contradicted my values. I felt that um, the focus was the in the wrong spot. It was on data five, eight years ago. There was, I mean, there's, there seems to still be a lot of data now, but people are yeah. realizing what's the meaningful type of data. What can we use that data for? If we, if it's not purposeful, then we don't need it, but it. Back then there was just data for, it seemed like for data sake, because we mm. had to collect data. Um, So it was just that whole thing. And then there was, I had, there was no joy in the job anymore because it had just been sucked out by those types of things. And um, I had to do a lot of the same thing. I had to do some reflecting and I had to find a way to enjoy teaching again. Mm-hmm. I had to shift my mindset. I would still meet all my requirements, but I may not have done everything the way I was told I should do it or, you know, that sort of thing. So I I had to do that. And I think as an experienced teacher, you know, it was maybe a bit easier to do it that way. Whereas when you're first starting out, you feel like, you know, if they tell me I've got to do all of these things, I need to do all of these things in the way Mm. I'm told to do all of these things, which just adds to the pressure. But, yeah, I think a lot of burnout, as well as we have so much to do, there are so many things, is that it's not enjoyable anymore. When you don't enjoy what you do, well, then that's when it becomes stressful. I think it exacerbates some of those issues that are probably not too bad, but what tips you over the edge
1: yeah definitely and i often share with um with everyone but educators around um the difference between subjective and psychological well-being and so for a long time we've been focused on subjective well-being which is essentially the pursuit of happiness so what makes us happy like fruit bowls or chocolate or morning Mm. tea or friday afternoon drinks or many petties like all of the nice stuff and they are short-term solutions to it. to a real long-term embedded problem <laughs> and so we need to go back to or start with what psychological well-being look like and how do we address that and that's around fulfillment meaning purpose connection growth things that aren't as we well, can't outsource them you can't pay someone else to do it for you they're not necessarily fun and mightn't bring instant happiness but they are the long-term things which many of us are missing when Mm. it comes to feeling like our well-being is thriving Mm. and so it's it's matching both of those things and just being aware of am I really just in the psychological well-being space and also expecting that that's what my school leader does for me because that's what well-being is we need to redefine I think there's been quite a significant miseducation around what well-being is what self-care is understanding and defining it so it works for us but knowing it's not just about doing a whole bunch of stuff
0: that makes us feel good Mm. people need to keep getting that message out there
1: yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) so the next question is who has influenced you and in what way so many great
1: people my biggest influences come from people I've worked with myself that my own coaches. Um, So my, like a wonderful friend, now friend of mine, Emily Chadbourne's been, been fantastic in the mindset space. She's a mindset co- coach, but is now moving into change work and working with change makers. And I think that's, it's just so inspirational to see people who carve their own path and who recognize and realize that change needs to happen in different facets of the world and, Are not afraid to chase that, and not Mm. afraid to do their own work on self, and then pursue that. So Emily's one, um, you know, and I love, I love people like Brene Brown, who's not afraid to have those conversations or put things in place to allow us to have conversations. People that are paving the way, I guess, for change that we need, not just in education, but in all different places.
0: Mm. Yeah, so many of my guests, and um, and I myself also, you know. Um, Brené Brown's work has been transformational okay. there's just so much value in the work that she has done obviously helps leaders but it helps anyone well recognizing I suppose what are some of those barriers to our own well-being yeah Um, you know the armor that she talks about armor mm-hmm. that that we wear that um, hinders our health and our well-being it does prompt you and I, I i think anyone who prompts you to be reflective like you say all of those things that that promote your psychological safety and it's not easy but the work i think is essential and you know i think anyone who has done that work once you get through the ick because <laughs> some of it can be really uncomfortable Definitely. um you do come out the other side much a happier much better person it's ongoing it's not like oh, i've done it now life and i'm um, i'm finished I really do recommend that people do go through that process or and definitely whether it be self directed or with a coach it certainly is something that really makes a huge change
1: yeah. in,
0: your, in your quality of life it's the self development
1: work that's most pivotal and that's what well being is coming mm. back to self knowing who you are, what it feels like, having the confidence to stand in it, the integrity to stay with you even when it's hard. It is challenging work and it is icky and sometimes it doesn't feel good and sometimes mm. you're going to recognise stuff about yourself you don't like or change something you've been <laughs> avoiding for a really long time or own something and take responsibility when for perhaps forever you've been blaming other people. I mean, mm. that's self-leadership and self-development and that's when your well being starts to take off because you're mm. like actually I have my sense of self and I know who I am
0: mm. yeah and I can attest to that 100% <laughs> made a huge difference in my life mm. what impact do you hope to have on others oh, so many things but
1: the biggest impact I want to create is for people to just feel more free and calm and grounded and more at home with who they are because I think if more people do that if they understand their values if they're aligned if they're confident to make decisions if they take a line to action and if if they learn to do things from a place of love and kindness and compassion then we
0: get massive change in all kinds of spaces and areas that's the impact Mm. I believe that you probably can't do things from a place of kindness compassion and um, if you don't or and love if you don't have that for yourself as yeah. well. I think you yeah. you start you have to start with yourself because we know that people who are unhappy or um, people who are are struggling or can tend to be the people who can't appreciate other people's actions or what's happening for, for other people um, because it is hard to see beyond what's going on within your own life.
1: Yeah, and if you can't practice... That for yourself then when you're trying to give it to others you can't because your ego comes in and so you have your ego behavior rather than so you're thinking with your head rather than your heart and that Mm. creates friction and resistance and pain and stress and all of those things that come with not understanding and knowing your values and alignment and knowing how to sit with difficult emotions or knowing how to work through something that might have bumped you or not being confident to say no when you really want to, like, it's all of those things that you need to do for yourself. So then we can act together.
0: Mm, yeah. And that all comes back to that self-development work, doesn't it? That usually that uncomfortable, <laughs> uncomfortable place that you need to inhabit for a while so that you can be the best person for yourself and for people around you as yeah. well.
1: Uh,
0: you also have recently published a book. I have. Would you like to share some more about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have written a book. Actually, it'll be available by the time you listen to this, which is really exciting. Uh, so it's called Teacher Wellbeing, A Real Conversation for Teachers and Leaders. And ultimately, it is designed to help teachers and leaders understand what well-being is and how we can use that to better understand teacher well-being. So it's not just something that is filled with nice things that you can go and do it's actually about unpacking some of the mistakes we've made along the way defining well-being so that we can have a collective and shared understanding of what it is and putting us into a place of understanding why this work really matters and the impact it can have on us and also our students and the way we work together as teams and and whole schools And then unpacking my framework around everyday and workplace wellbeing. So looking at energy and function, resilience and emotional regulation for individual teachers and then addressing, we do our piece, but then also at a school level, there are things that we need to be doing to allow this work to happen. And then to also ensure that our systems, structures and processes are allowing teachers to thrive because- the way we do things in school supports well-being as well as still highlights the importance around teaching and learning but gives people permission to stop doing things if we need to or re-look at something and do it a different way and understand that it's how our teachers are
0: that matters not just what they do.
1: I like that
0: Um, (laughs) it comes back also to when you mentioned the social and emotional well-being it's we know again for our students, if they don't have that, um they're not learning. So I guess if if as if as teachers we don't have that, it you know makes creates some barriers to yeah. our teaching, which also then impacts our students with their yeah. learning as well. Yeah. yeah yeah well, sounds really interesting. I like how you've got the theory to help people understand. You know when we say well being well what what do we actually Whatever. mean because I think that's probably one of the biggest um areas that people need to learn mm-hmm. is what it is because if you don't have that understanding like you say you can't then put into place actions that are going to make a difference yeah a real, a real yeah. difference and hmm. wait for that one to come out so that will be very very good everyone will be able to order that one The next one is some recommendations. So some inspirational, influential, or impactful recommendations. The first Mm -hmm. one is who should we connect with?
1: Definitely. I mean, we talked about Brene, so I won't say that, but um, I mean, do connect with Brene if you don't know her, but she, one of her great friends, and I also have used her work uh, in some of my work and that i reference a lot is Susan David. So if you don't know of her work, she wrote Emotional Agility. All of her stuff is great. She's got awesome downloads on her website. She puts out great stuff on LinkedIn. Just follow her there. And she helps us to better understand and connect with our emotions and understand that emotions are data, and it's what we do with that that really matters. And she's been quite impactful in the way that I've been able to understand that and then
0: apply that in my work. Mm-hmm. And life. yeah, I'm following Brené Brown's work and reading her books. So I hadn't actually um, heard of her. So oh, I'll be I'll be following that. What that yeah. one up? Besides any and all of Brené Brown's books, what book is a must read?
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, there are so many. Um, Actually, there's a book called The One Thing that I often recommend by Gary Keller and someone else I can't can't remember, but it has really helped to be able to just decide how to focus on one thing and get rid of the list. So I would definitely recommend that, especially if you're a school leader and you're wanting to know how to prioritize different tasks. And then I'll go for a second one. Yep. The second one is Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagowski and they unpack burnout, what burnout really is, and then different strategies that you can use to prevent and overcome burnout. And it is, again, a must read for today's teacher.
0: Excellent. What podcast is definitely worth listening to? Oh,
1: so many podcasts. I actually listen to a wide range of podcasts from health podcasts to spiritual podcasts, business, all kinds of things. but. I would say uh check out Jay Shetty's podcast. He does mm. short podcast, yeah, and different ones that are quite interesting. Um, Brené's, I'll say it again, yep. <laughs> um, especially her Dare to Lead. If you find an author and you like them, listen to their podcast as well.
0: Yeah. Yep. Or I love listening to them read their books. So oh, the, their audios, yeah. the audio books, especially, again, Brené Brown because yeah. it, it's like, She's there talking to you. She sort of yeah. it's more like a conversation. I'm currently listening to What Happened to You by Oprah Winfrey okay, and yeah. Dr. Perry. And that's a great one to listen to as well, because they're they're sort of having a conversation. Um, obviously they've written a book,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: they've then turned into the audio book, but to record the audiobook instead of just narrating, you know, what they've written, mm. um, it, it's like they're having a conversation with each other and, um, yeah, I, I enjoy that sort of style where, you know, it, I find it's just much easier to listen to than what possibly would be maybe not a dry book but, the content can be a bit heavy because it's yeah. all about, about trauma, um, you know, and how trauma affects us and impacts the brain. So the content could be a little bit heavy, but when you're listening to them yeah. sort of talk about it, um, it makes it easier to.
1: Oprah does that with Eckhart Tolle as well and one of his books. So if yeah. you haven't read his or listen to that, that's another great way to. His spiritual teachings are phenomenal and so if, if that interests you, I would definitely go and read uh, some like The Power of Now. I think it's The Power of Now that they do a chapter study with
0: um, on mm-hmm.
1: our podcast as well. It's definitely worth checking out.
0: The next one is what cause should we support? I think anything um,
1: around education, but actually I've got this here, so I'm going to show you. It's actually called One Girl. This is a tote bag a friend got me for Christmas. um, And it says on it, when you educate a girl, everything changes. And so this is actually a cause for education. And so when you buy one of their products, their money goes to helping educate girls and women in uh, countries
0: where they may not have access to education. That's so important. My class this year, or all the U4 classes, but some of our units of work, we look at Malala, Yusuf mm-hmm. So yeah. I think for a lot of them, it's the first time, you know, a lot of the kids, because you know they wouldn't be exposed to anything to realise yeah. it sooner that that girls in lots of countries don't have the opportunity to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, and they're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Even though sometimes they whinge and whine that they have to go to school. But, yeah. you know, when we talk about, I guess, how that impacts their life and, you know, what opportunities they don't have. Yeah. Um, Because they don't go to school. They're, they're, yeah. They, the, some of the girls get really passionate about that. Yeah. Um, that's great. And the last one is where is your dream travel destination?
1: Uh, I'm actually pretty lucky. or Yeah. Have, that In that I've traveled a lot. So I lived in London for three years and we just go to Paris for the weekend and do
0: nice things like that. And um, that's it. I've never been to Europe, but that my sister lived in London for a number of years, and yeah, that's just the one thing I think that Europe trumps uh, any, anywhere else in the world because you can just pop somewhere for the weekend pop to Paris because the it's so like all so close to each other. Yeah. Whereas here, everything takes forever yeah. and a day.
1: It's all very different too. Like it's amazing. You just go one country units and, and it's vastly different. And my mm-hmm. partner is actually Northern Irish. So we go back a little bit um, now that we can fly again. I'd love to go to Hawaii. I've never been there. Um, and I would love to go and hike Picchu and do that. I would love to do that. Um, but I don't have one dream travel destination. I just like to go different places.
0: All right. And the last one is what are the best ways for the listeners to engage with and connect with you?
1: You can find me on uh, definitely LinkedIn. If you're a leader or a teacher and you're looking at how to apply well-being work into a school setting, find me on there. My name is just Amy Green. You should be able to find me pretty easily. Uh, that platform is one for leaders and teachers. But if you're a teacher or an individual just wanting to look and understand more about your own individual well-being, follow me on Instagram. So my... Handle there is at underscore the wellness strategy. Check that out. Um, Same thing on Facebook as well. And then I run the Teach Wellbeing Hub on Facebook. Or you can email me, hello at amygreen.com.au. I'm pretty much everywhere. My website's the wellness strategy as well. Uh, So if you need anything, I'm sure you can find me.
0: All right. Thank you very much for that. And thank you for sharing your journey and your learning and the work that you do. I think it's more important now than ever, that we focus on all of those things. So thank you very much for joining me and sharing today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening and I hope you found something inspiring, influential or impactful to take away. I'd be honoured if you shared the podcast with friends and colleagues and would greatly appreciate it if you could show your support by subscribing and leaving a review and rating for the podcast. Please connect with me on social media at at K-C-A-S-W-1 on Twitter and at authenticity underscore in underscore E-D-U on Instagram as I'd love to continue the connection.